Hello ladies and gentlemen and everything in between. Welcome back to Fandom Fair on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair with your host Sam. And Mitch. And if you didn't know, we are a show that talks about nerd things and we talk about them a little too in depth for most people's liking. But if that's your kind of jam, stay with us. And if you like or heard of Danganronpa, because spoilers for that, especially the every game <laughs> except uh, v- uh, except V three, yeah, pretty much every game except for I, I not yeah okay yeah really every game except for V three. I realized I did spoil the first game. Yeah, because I was gonna I? be like, I was gonna be like, uh, not the first game and not uh, Ultra Despair Girls, but we did talk about that. I did. I did spoil those. I I re- I didn't realize I was gonna spoil those when I wrote this up, but I did. <laughs> and including the anime, so like yes, including the, the anime. So if that's your jam, stay with us. Or if you're listening to our podcast version, you're already here. So sit back and enjoy. Um. So we're doing a case study because I like doing these. It's fun. I think they're fun to just kind of go over a particular character and then I do my little psych thing where I'm like, ah, I will now diagnose you with mental yeah. illness. Yeah, I do. I do the history of the characters and what and everything about them and sort of personality-wise and then Sam uh, goes all psychiatrist on them even though yeah. they're not real. And I'm like, aha, mental illness in it. Um, yeah. Last time we did a case study, we did Hawks from My Hero Academia. That one was interesting. Yeah. Haji Hajime was a little bit harder for me to work with. Cause just because some of it gets very science fictiony. Yeah, it's not a lot not really a lot of it's grounded in fiction in I mean in reality, not not a lot of Danganron, but as you can tell by the robotic bear. Yeah, um and the intense uh punishments for murdering other yeah. students. It's <laughs> Not very grounded in fiction, very hyperbolic. Yeah. So I have uh, had a little bit more hard time, uh, harder time diagnosing Mr. Hajime, but it was either that or talk about Dio, which I would have gone off on a tangent on how they, <laughs> he did nothing wrong. Which is incorrect inherently, I'm sorry. Um, we will eventually do Dio because. Yeah. There's a lot to dig in with that boy, but I want to do so a little much. bit of a lighter week. So, it's the the floor is yours, Midge. The floor is mine. So yeah, we're doing Hajime Hinata, who is the protagonist of Super Danganronpa Two: Goodbye Despair, um, and he is my favorite protagonist. And since we're doing Hajime by extension, we are in we are doing Izuru Kamakura. Uh, very obviously. Like Sam said, there's going to be spoilers for the first, second, um, and technically the third Danganronpa games. I consider Ultra Despair Girls the third Danganronpa game, because it is the third Danganronpa game. It came out before V3, and as well as Danganronpa 3, the anime one. Not the video game. Hajime technically appears in V3, but it's all side stuff that you get at the end. Actually, he might... And I'm not going to say anything else about that, because that would be spoilish for V3, and we're not spoiling V3. <laughs> um, so, to start with Hajime, he has been through a lot. If you've uh, participated... Not participated... Uh, if you've even just, like, watched 
a bit of someone playing the game. He's been through a bunch, as every character in Danganronpa does, because... You're in a killing game. You're gonna you're have some drama. So he was once a very ordinary kid, though, with a bit of an unhealthy admiration for Hope's Peak Academy. We'll get back to that. Um, unlike everyone else in the series, besides Komaru Naegi and some adult characters, Hajime is originally not talented at all. I mean, actually, let me rephrase that. We don't know. I guess, yeah, so I'm thinking Ultra Despair Girls, the adults don't have ultimate talents. They're just adults. Um, but the adults we see in um, the, th- the anime, they pretty much all have talents. But anyway, going back. At least he isn't in the Hope's Peak Academy. At least he isn't talented in the Hope's Peak Academy sort of way. Hajime, in my opinion, is an interesting turnaround from Makoto Naegi, the first game's protagonist. If I had to compare it, compare this um, contrast, uh, contrasting between the two of them to another piece of media, I'd go with JoJo, of course, because all I think about is JoJo. Uh, so why would we think about anything else? <laughs> Why, what else are we going to think about? Uh, so, Joseph is nearly the complete opposite of Jonathan, creating a very interesting contrast between the first two parts of, of the series. You could also make a case for Jotaro, and Josuke, and Giorno, and Jolene, and Johnny. Anyone. Anyone is very different from Jonathan. They're all very different, but just compa- but just with those first two, because it's it, the first it, game and a- the second game. It's a the real, like, turnaround. I, I could, like, spend forever talking about the turnaround that Joseph is compared to Jonathan. We should do that one one day. That Like, I could talk about the literary elements of JoJo forever. Yes, that, that is something we might do one day, which I think would be very fun. Going back to you, so you as a like, writing major should be able to talk about the yep. literary elements of JoJo. I think that'd be fun. I think that would be fun. But anyway, <clears throat> going back to this, so pretty much what I'm making the case here for is that Joseph is the one people most often reference as being the most different from Jonathan because he comes directly after Mr. Uh, Hamon. No, wait, they're both Mr. They're both more, Hamon good-hearted, more good-hearted Jonathan compared to Joseph. A gentleman. Ter- a rude young man. Like, Sim- I-, I think one of the biggest, like, Hey, I'm not, I know it. Sorry, not sorry. I'm gonna go off on a JoJo tender for like, mm-hmm. like two seconds. Go on. Like, I think the biggest distinction is that Jonathan was someone who was very old fashioned and fought with honor. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically what it comes down to their fighting styles. That Joseph pulls every nasty trick he has in the book. Yeah. While Jonathan is someone who fights with honor and is very truthful and loyal. Like, I'm just thinking, I've been rewatching Game of Thrones late, mm-hmm. lately, and, like, that's such a big thing between a lot of the characters is who is going to stick to their their moral code of being honorable and who is going to either turn or who doesn't have that code of honor at all and is just very kind of a slimy person. So, I yeah. like, that's what I kind of think of when it comes to those two. Yeah, it's because... Jonathan is actually a very spoiled young man, and he isn't all goody two shoes. Well, he's kind of a he's, brat in the beginning, he's, like he's the a first brat. episode. Yeah, you know, we always see Jonathan as this oh sweet boy can do nothing wrong, and like one specific thing I remember seeing somewhere is that he'd be appalled by Jotaro smoking when this boy smokes a pipe. Um, I just, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that like shows that Jonathan wasn't always like a sweet uwu honorable boy was um. 
like in like the very first episode when he goes to defend Arena and she's like, thank you. And he's like, I didn't do it for you. Yeah. I did it because I want to be a gentleman. Yeah, but like, so that like, <laughs> like his intentions weren't necessarily good. It was more of an ego boost. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're off the JoJo tangent now. We're going back yeah, to the Dong and Ropa tangent. Um, so Hajime has a more aggressive personality compared to Makoto. I'm not saying that Egg Boy can't be aggressive because he is a bit aggressive in that final tr- in in the trials, especially that final trial against uh, Junko. Um, he's just far more agreeable. Uh, Makoto's just far more agreeable and a little easier to walk all over. <laughs> yeah. No, no offense to my sweet boy, but it's true. Hajime is a realist compared to Makoto's very optimistic nature. Because Makoto tried to save Junko. If I do, he, he wanted to sort of try to save Junko, but Junko was like, no, no, we're not doing this. I gotta feel despair. So... Uh, for ki- quick characterization, I'd say compared to Hajime to a much more well-mannered Togami, Hajime is not rude or anything. Just in, like how Togami is just rude to everyone in the beginning of this, in the beginning of uh, the first game, uh, uh, he's just sort of got that energy Togami has. Uh, he's not like he's not afraid to speak his mind. That's like where I draw the comparison between them. It, I mean, Hajime can be rude, but you gotta like make him angry first. <laughs> yeah. So, going back to Mr. Hinata's backstory, uh, he entered Hope's Peak because of his admiration for the school. He admires the school so much because he's very insecure about his lack of talent in a world where it appears that talent means so much to society as a whole. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, Hajime actually thought that attending Hope's Peak would fix this, helping him become more confident, so I'm proud of. That's a nice idea, Hajime. It's not gonna work. <laughs> So, sorry. I won't go into the nitty-gritty details of Danganronpa 3, as it's an entire, at least the Despair arc is 12 whole episodes, all 24 minutes each. I do recommend it if you have only played the games, because it completes the Hope's Peak Academy arc. So, uh, But to put it in summary, Hajime prevent, befriends Chiaki over video games, and the two spend a lot of time together. While this is happening, Junko Enoshima and Mukuru, Mukuro Ikusaba are studying their plans to overthrow to throw the world into despair through anime. Oh Apparently, yeah, I forgot that was Ryota, a thing. Ryota in this anime in his um, uh, despair-inducing video. So weird. But uh, one notable event that I want to mention is after the deaths of Natsumi, uh, Kuzuryu, and Sato, who we don't, who I, I I'm assuming that's her last name. Because we, if it's not, we don't know if uh, we don't know her last name. We just know we just know as, as Sato. Uh, if you're familiar with the story and those names, then you know that Natsumi is Fuyuhiko Kuzuryu, uh, the ultimate yakuza's younger sister, and the victim showcased in Twilight Syndrome murder case from the second chapter of Super Danganronpa Two: Goodbye Despair. Yeah, and Sato is best friend of Mihiro, uh, Mihiro Koizumi, who is also in the little video game instead of video game, which is actually a very cool concept. I and hated I that. I I know absolutely. It's so it was confusing. very annoying, but I also I think it's a cool concept. <laughs> it was very but, confusing. Yeah, uh, Hajime uh, tries to find out the truth about their deaths by going straight to my, my uh, Mahiru, who uh, is in the... So, pretty much Hope's Peak is divided into, like, a normal... Uh, to the uh, talented course, which is, like, the normal quotation marks course, because that's where 
it all started out with talented kids, and then now they had the reserve course, which is an entire separate part of campus. And the reserve course students can't get into the talented part of campus. So, uh, so he saw Mi- Mahiru talking to Sato after Natsumi's death, and then Sato died. Um, so he tries to get in, but he's stopped by security, and even when he can- continues to try, he shows off like he's... Hajime is very stubborn. He's uh, further stopped by Juzu uh, Sakakura, who is the head of security and the ultimate boxer. He, Sakakura just punches him in the gut. And uh, Hajime is just like... He just wants... Even back then, he was very um, stubborn on wanting to solve this case, which is just like, protagonist in the making, Hajime, okay. <laughs> he was get He was getting there. So pretty much what I want to showcase there is that the boy is stubborn and he wants... In a way, he does want justice. He was starting to become friends with Natsumi because I guess they both feel inadequate compared to the talented people. Like, Natsumi was all like, she wanted to be the ultimate big sister for her brother. Um, but obviously, she couldn't because she's a reserve course student. And um, he's all like, I want talent, but he can't have it. He doesn't have it yet. <clears throat> so. Uh, the most notable event that Hajime goes through during his time at Hope Speak Academy is signing up for the Izuru Kamakura Project, which would somehow grant Hajime talent. All of it. All of the talent. If Hajime didn't sign up for the project, he'd just have to go back to his normal high school because his parents couldn't pay the tuition any longer at Hope Speak because Hope Speak was all like, so we're running out of funding, let's make the normal people pay for the funding by uh, setting up the reserve course and um, pretty much just scamming these people out of their money because like, all these people are like, I want to go to Hope's Peak. It's where all of the good people, like pretty much talented students from Hope's Peak go on to become super important people in the world. So it's sort of like you're getting close to these, sort of close to these important people, which they don't actually, they can't because they can't go on to main campus. And so they're just getting scammed out of their money. So, um, Hajime was very, um, what's the word? Like, he didn't know if he wanted to do this yet. He was, you know, he was deciding. And eventually he does decide, he does, uh, sign up for it after, uh, Kazuo Tengen, who was the, uh, he wasn't the headmaster at the time. Obviously, uh, Kyoko Kirigiri's dad, whose name I don't, Jen, Jen Kirigiri was the headmaster, but Kazuo Tengen was, like, you know, bored or something. I don't know. But he was like, you gotta do this, or you have to go back to your normal high school. So Hajime was like, I gotta go, I gotta do this. So he does. And so, because he signs up for it, he goes, he, he is, to put it lightly, he is experimented on by Hope's Peak to create the ultimate talent. So, what happens is, to, to make him become the ultimate talent, he is, like, they just overwrite everything about him. His personality, his ideals... Essentially, he has no idea who Hajime Hinata is or was because he is no longer no longer Hajime Hinata. He's Izuru Kamakura, named after the school's founder. Um, so essentially, he's a blank slate. Um, he's monotone. He doesn't feel emotions. He finds everything boring because, I mean, he has the ultimate analyst um, talent, so he can just predict everything, really. Uh, so nothing is interesting to him. Until we'll get there. Uh, so, uh, he was locked away because Hope's because like, we just made, we just experimented on a teen boy. We're not going to tell people about this. Are you insane? 
So, but not for long. Because, well, of course, she didn't go out to get her hands on him. Uh, so, and that somehow went, somehow happened. Uh, Isiru then kind of joins Ultimate Despair. Sort of helping with the student council killing game. He just sort of, like, stood there observing. And at the very end, one of them tried to attack him. And he killed the guy in self-defense. But despite not being involved, like, at all, Isiru was blamed for the entire thing. Um, sort of trying to also put the blame on Hope's Peak for letting all of these talented people die at the hands of this mass murderer, though he really isn't, because he, I think the only person we ever see him kill is this dude at the end of the student council killing game, which is what, uh, that sort of starts off, like, the, uh, climb to the biggest, most awful, most horrible tragedy in human history. Well, at least that is the biggest tragedy in Hope's Peak history. So, skipping forward to the unfortunate death of Jackie Nanami, because, I mean, I could talk about how he did uh, shoot um, Nagito and had that super game moment, but I'm not gonna, because that really... What, in the OVA? I oh, I no, I forgot when he, when he shoots him in the chest. Yeah, you know that moment where I feel like a lot of people meme it, it's like, because he, um, what, he had his, like, um, Hope's Peak, like, um, rule book in his pocket or something, or, like, mm -hmm. some sort of, something, and it blocked the bullet somehow, but a lot of yeah. people, I think, mean it, it's, like, his gay rights card or something. That's like, so that entire, good. It, it, that entire sequence is just so homoerotic, but I'm not going to talk about that, because it doesn't really apply much to, I mean, it's just showing off that, hey, uh, uh, Kamakura's emotionless and does not care. He will just kill this random dude he just met because um, he's getting in the way of stuff. So while Izuru does not have Hachime's memory, memories, he still somehow feels enough emo emotion to mourn for Chiaki. Uh, so uh, Izuru is someone. Oh, I just I said this game. I'll just say it again. Izuru is someone who constantly thinks that everything is boring. Nothing can surprise him. It's like like how um, Jinko was like, I need like he, she needs to spare. Like she was so bored playing Monokuma, and she finally got to come out in the final chapter. Um, but like so, nothing can surprise Izuru. He's monotone and cold, emotionalist, um, emotionalist. <laughs> Hajime's connection to Chiaki, though, managed to shine through and Renzi made Izuru cry at her death, though he cried silently. He, he, it was just tears going down his cheeks. He was, he was just like, huh, why am I crying? And then he took her little barrette for some reason. I guess to, I guess Hajime was like, mm, I need to mourn her more. This is mine. So, after Chiaki's death, um, then pretty much the, what, the reserve coordinate course students um do their thing i'm not gonna say what because um you know if you've seen the series you know what i'm talking about it's bad they all they all die they all die um <laughs> <laughs> so then the tragedy truly kicks off uh it's said that he is part of ultimate despair committing as many atrocities as the former class 77b but in reality azura is just affiliated he's just vibing he's just observing yeah he doesn't despair. really do much He's just, he's not doing anything. 
the most we see him do is something at the end of uh, Elder Despair Girls, which I guess I'll touch on in a minute. Um, Azuru was just affiliated, observing all the despairing acts, decide if he wanted to join Junko's Despair or go to Chiaki's Hope, which the Future Foundation, I guess, represents at this point. But does it? But does it? Knowing what happens during the, whatever, the Future arc? Nah. Uh, that's exactly what we see him do during Ultra Despair Girls. He's just an observer. Like, at the very end, he comes out of nowhere and he's wheeling the, the Shiro Kumo and the Shiro and Kurokuma heads in a wheelbarrow. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's just done. He doesn't, but so, he doesn't really do anything besides, um... Watch. Watch, and then yeah. the whole Neo World program thing. Yeah, but, like, I don't even know if that was really his... Who knows? But after I don't, I don't that, that it was his idea. What'd you say? I doubt that it was his idea. I guess, technically, he was just like, hmm... I think he, he just know, executed it. He, he just executed it. It was really the ult- I mean, I'll just get- to, I'm literally about to get to that, so hold on. So after Junko's death in Danganronpa 1, uh, but prior to Ultra Despair Girls, Izuru sets up a plan with the other remnants of despair to allow Ultra Eagle Junko, wherever that came from, to take over the bodies- take over their bodies using the Neo World Program. But Izuru just wanted to see which would finally win, hope or despair. He didn't care about Junko's plan. He was just like- so who's gonna win? Who do I finally join the side of? And obviously, he joins the side of Hope. But after Ultra Despair Girls, Izuru is captured, quotation marks around captured, because he went super willingly and put into the new world program, just as his plan predicted. Because obviously, Ultimate Analyst, he knows what's up. So, he wakes up as Hajime Hinata, uh, and without going crazy on the detail, as it is a very long game, Hajime witnesses several of his new... Yeah, really new, because he didn't actually know that anyone... He didn't know any of them besides Chiaki and maybe Mahiru. I think he might have talked to Mahiru when he went to Hope Speak, but he didn't know, like, any of them. So, watch several of his new friends die. Whether whether he happened across the crime scene where they were super dead or watching them be executed... He started into despair over and over again, but still at the end, Hajime realizes that the future is limitless and that his lack of talent was irrelevant, thanks to AI Chiaki. Thank you, Chiaki, for saving everything. Without Chiaki, Junko would have won. So really, Chiaki is the true protagonist of Super Danganronpa 2, not Hajime, because she, she wins. Hajime, <laughs> Chiaki does the winning. Hajime just goes off of her she's like she's just like yeah you're don't be stupid you who can who cares about talent hajime um and she's just like yeah and then he wins isn't that every danganronpa game yes (laughs) maybe not uh with uh ultra despair girls but the ones that are classically danganronpa yeah, but anyway, so after the event of the second game, Hajime and the other uh, sur- survivors uh, wake up, and Hajime has essentially mel- melded together with Izuru, becoming one person. Uh, we don't exactly know how, what the whole situation with that is, besides the fact that uh, now Hajime has a red eye. At least um, that is what is seen, I believe, in the anime and not the games. I don't think we see him with a red eye in the games. I don't quite remember. So, the survivors of Class 77B have decided to stay alive, not, of course they're going to stay alive, to stay and live on Jabberwock Island, waiting for the classmates to wake up, and 
you know, they wake up slowly, one by one, assumably, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, not, I'm pretty, I'm assuming that they wake up as they died in the game, so imposter, and there goes imposter, and obviously the last one is Nagito, if you watch the 2.5 OVA. And that's a whole nother, um, we, we talked about Nagito, and that's a whole nother, um, egg to crack, but... Obviously, not gonna talk about Nagito. This is Hajime yeah. time. <laughs> Hajime time. Get out of here, Nagito. Uh, so, and presumably, shortly after the events of everyone waking up, I actually don't know how how long uh, the timeline between the second game and the anime is. But Hajime and the rest of Class Seventy Seven B go stop Ryota Mitrai, Seventy uh, Seven B's uh, former classmate, and for brainwashing the entire world, because he almost does that. Uh, from there, Hajime and the rest of them go back to their new home and Chucky's. Apparently, this was... I didn't know at this at the time. I was reading the wiki and it's like... So this is... You know at the end of uh, the... Um, at the end of the future arc, Chucky's just kind of there on the boat? That's from Hajime's reconstructed memory. And I'm like, okay. Cool. Mm. I thought... For a while, I thought she was a hologram that for some reason that only Hajime could see... I thought and it was, was just, like, a ghost. <laughs> nah. She's his reconstructed memory or something? She's his... It, it's his It's his memory of her. She's all, like, a motivational speech. You know, how Chiaki does that. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So pretty much the last time we see Hajime, if you're pretty much... We are discontinuing V3 as canon because, um, you know, the end of... You know, V3 as a whole, technically... Whatever, but uh, Hajime and the rest of and his class go back to Jabberwock Island to go, presumably just live their lives. I mean, they're all like, "Hey, we're gonna um, pretend to be despairing to I don't know give the world give the world something to fight against." That's what happened. Yeah, that happened was like that like really confused me. I'm like, they're gonna what? I'm like, are they good or I'm like, are they no, on the no, side of hope or despair? They're on the side what? of hope because I remember and like what was it like? Was it at the end of um? The Hope Arc, they all come together and build the new Hope Speak Academy. Well, that's mm. fun. I think that's the last time we see him. Anyway, that's pretty much Hajime. He's got a lot going up there in his uh, fun little head. His I love noggin. him. I love him. Hajime is my favorite protagonist, and Me 2 too. is my favorite game. Me too. Just like you. Yeah. yeah I, um, we, have, we have good taste. Good taste. Jill friend of the show Jill <laughs> it's like, it's bad, like bad my taste. least favorite game is 2 my bad favorite taste, game Jill. is V3 I'm like V3 V3 is garbage V3 not good bad I'm taste. so glad I did not spend human money <laughs> you just watched someone who had spent human money on it back in I 2017 watched, I watched Cinnamon Toast Ken play it which he does kind of butcher the names because of his southern accent. Yeah. Um, like, like how do, he how says Dang and Rampa, uh, which Dang is very Rampa. funny. <laughs> like, very uh, gentrified in the way he speaks. Dang and Rampa. He's like Dang and Rampa. I'm like. I'm so sorry, Ken. And also, Ken just didn't like V3, so I think I got, like, V3 hatred proxy. Well, yeah. Um, I just hated the ending, but we're not here to talk about that. No, no. So, 
blatantly Hajime in, v, in the not V3 anime, in the 3 mm-hmm. anime is a main player for the downfall of humanity. And I want to bring up what that, what how he got there, which is the Kamakura project. Mm-hmm. And how did he get to the Kamakura project? I can't talk today. Oh my god. Kamakura. <laughs> that's a hard word. The Kamakura yeah. project was, he went there because of insecurity. So apparently insecurity can really screw up how you think and perceive the world around you. This is a quote from goodtherapy.org. In addition to struggling with the formation of healthy relationships, also may find it difficult to share emotions or be forthright with about important aspects of daily life, such as those pertaining to work or school. Um, we don't know how he really did in school. Yeah, no. I mean, he's, he seemed... I don't know, this man doesn't know how many sides are on an octagon, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, an octagon has eight sides, right? Yes, Hajime. I would hope you yeah. know that by, like, Oct- the fourth grade. Oct- octopus? Eight? Le- eight? Oct- eight. <laughs> he's, he said, like, some other stupid stuff. And, um, you know, he's a bit of a himbo. And too, we love our himbo king. Um, so, maybe it did affect his school. His insecurity did affect his school life. I mean, I mean, he did get into Hope's Peak, and that, I mean, you do have to pay to get into Hope's Peak, but I think you also take had to take some, like, rigorous tests to get into the reserve course, because we're all, like, we're the best, you know? So, we see, like, you know, in, like, this very small clip we see with Hajime in Hope's Peak that he's a fairly lonely person, that he does not have friends. Mm-hmm. The only time we kind of see him around people is him walking the opposite direction of all the talented kids, but his only friend oh, yeah. is being Chiaki. Yeah. That was the only person we see him interact with, really. That is his age. Like, that, the only person that we see him, like, substantially interact with, like, friendly. Because Natsumi and him don't really interact all that friendly. Yeah. Well, so, like, I said, like, his peer. A rude little, a rude little girl. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, she's a year younger than them, I think, because we uh-huh. go into him the same age, so... But, like, the only person he's, like, he seems to be friendly with that is in his age group is Chiaki. Yeah. Um, so he'd probably feel like a social outcast, um, because he's not, because he's, like, so, he puts this idea of talent so far ahead of him, so he'd probably have anxiety and depression stemming from his loneliness and this feeling of insecurity. So, like, also with insecurity, it's linked to other mental disorders such as narcissism, anxiety, paranoia, and addictive or dependent personalities. I don't think Hajime has any of that besides anxiety. Maybe he's paranoid, but you have to be mm. paranoid when you're in a killing game. I, I, I talking about something just like, oh god, Hajime and me, similar, like, I'm just like, how you're, like, in addition, like, struggling with form, 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 formation mm-hmm. of healthy relationships, like, also, like, finding it difficult to share emotions and being forthright about, like, aspects of your life, like, ooh, oh no, oh no, Midge, <laughs> oh no, oh no, it's me. You cannot. Oh my god, I'm joking. No, I know. <coughs> Sorry, I choked on my water. Oh. Um, you're a Hajime-kin. A little, a little bit of a, a Hajime-kin. <coughs> oh, she's dying. I am dying a little bit. Ugh. Um, But I don't think he's very narcissistic. No. In fact, no. he's a little bit on the altruistic side, but not as much as... um. Nagi- not, no. Nagito. Nope. Makoto. Makoto. Oh, Nai. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Nagito. Nagito's very, um, 
very altruistic, but in the weirdest way. Yeah, I was thinking Makoto, because I tried to say Nayagi, and it wasn't coming out. <laughs> they both have, like, ends, and they're both the ultimate hope. And, you know, Nagito Kobe. Sorry, not the ultimate hope, the lucky student. Yeah, what is it, like, uh, uh, what is it? It's, like, weirdly, you can rearrange his name, it's, like, Nagito. Makoto Nayagida, or whatever. Yeah. Um, Which is weird, but whatever. Anyway, go on, that, go on. That's, uh, that's my point. Um, so I really think that the only thing he would kind of have was anxiety and depression, like, during his Hope Speaks days, that not mm-hmm. including the uh, despair stuff. Um, but the insecurity would also really peak during his time in the killing game when it comes to not remembering what his talent is, because that always seems... He tends to bring that up a lot, mm-hmm. like, as you're playing... He brings it up as a, kind of like a thought where he's like, oh, I don't know what my talent is. Oh, I hope I figure it out soon. So, like, his insecurity kind of peeks through. But it only, like, that anxiety of insecurity really peaks when Nagito reveals that he doesn't have a talent. And Nagito kind of puts him down for it. Yeah. He's like, oh, you don't have a talent. <laughs> Because Nagito's all about, oh, I had to be a stepping stone for all the talent people, talented people's hopes. And he thought, how do you have a talent? But he doesn't. So he's like, oh, you're, be- you're beneath me now. Yeah, like, he's immediately like, you are beneath me. What a... Yep. <laughs> what a waste of talent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. He would right- like rightfully get insecure and probably his depression would increase... Because we know yeah. that Nagito isn't going to be like, ooh, it's okay that you don't have a talent. He's like, disgusting. Gross. <laughs> oh, Nagito. And yet I ship them still. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I ship them. Because. Yet. You know. <laughs> you know yeah, Nagito not- is like, ooh, Kamakura, you're so amazing. Yeah. Um, but now I want to reference. Hajime witnessing death because I mean death affects everyone mm-hmm. and there's a lot of death in Danganronpa but I want to um, address more Chiaki's death because that is like a loved a a loved one yeah you know it was his like n- pretty much his only friend yeah so his only friend like has to watch her get crushed um. that and also you know he sees her get impaled yeah, like, I'm more talking about um the fifth child death. Yeah. Because when he does see her in SGR3, he's Kamakura at that point. Yeah. So, from Columbia.edu, losing loved ones suddenly also raised the risk of major depression, excessive use of alcohol, and anxiety disorders, including panic disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and phobias. The largest risks, the largest risk increases... F- were for post-traumatic stress disorder. So obviously he's gonna have PTSD already. Mm. Yeah. He already and then, has like, it finding... everyone else. Yeah, so then finding out that the one person you kind of trust the and most. supported you during this whole killing game is a murder would be pretty stress-inducing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I put in that... Um, so yeah, he's gonna have anxiety. Like, he's gonna have some sort of anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, post, like, SDR3. Um, mm-hmm. but imagine he has, like, an addiction. Addic- ha- a- a- addiction to, um, solving cases. <laughs> addiction to solving cases. Like, 
Hajime the alcoholic. Oh, I can't see it. I don't know what alcohol exists in this post-apocalyptic world. Good point. Or if there's any sort of... I'm sure there's, like, some weird form of lean. People making moonshine in basements. Yeah, like, he's gonna get hooked up on some, like, weird (laughs) things. Oh, man. But um, I think these would only be pushed more further with Kamakura still existing in his noggin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to say what effect Kamakura would have on him because there's no empirical tests to what would happen if you've got every talent in the world and an alternate personality uploaded into your head. That doesn't yeah. exist. So the most nope. I could do is disassociative identity disorder right now. Yeah, which we've um, already seen is badly portrayed in the first game. Yes. So, like, Kamakura is not exactly an alternate identity like Genocider is. Yeah. But no, so I, that, that yeah. is the closest thing I could really equate it to at this moment. <laughs> yeah, we also don't really know what's going on. We don't know what the situation is up there at all. We don't, we don't hear Kamakura come back. He just, Hajime just has all of his talent now. It's... We don't know if Kamakura is up. It's just sort of like a headcanon like, from the community that Kamakura is up there. Yeah, so like I'm, I'm gonna take like the headcanon community. Like, let's just assume that Kamakura still exists in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, if you have DID, it this could come with a whole loop of issues such as self harm, panic disorder, and depression, and a lot more. Um, the other personalities are more likely to come out in times of stress, and I'm saying some trying to make something out of a post-apocalyptic world is pretty stressful. Yeah, yeah. So, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put it past that Kamakura would come out frequently or try or talk to Hajime mm-hmm. frequently if he's like stressed. Um, so it's pretty hard to diagnose. Hajime with anything more than depression, anxiety, and insecurity due to uh, SDR 2 and 3 getting really science fiction-y. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I can't even like diagnose him with Kamakura like that in depth. No. Because we don't even get like a lot of solid things on what Kamakura does besides find everything boring and maybe commit murder. One murder. One murder. Like, he doesn't even do a lot of murder. So I can't even... (laughs) I can't even say that much about him. Besides, I'm like, oh, I guess he's kind of sad when he's in high school. And Nagito doesn't help. No. Yeah, but Nagito is just like... Ugh, you're untalented. Goodbye. But everyone else is like, yo, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all we have written down. We still have 20 minutes left, so I guess we could talk a little bit about Nagito and Hajime's interactions. Yeah, that kind of has a damper on Hajime's whole situation from I'm sorry. fourth to fifth chapter. It's it's also really stressful when you're trying to talk about a murder and then you have Nagito up here with his 20-minute monologue that nobody wants to hear about hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm gonna try not to get too shippy. 
I'm going to try to keep it as canon as possible because I, this, uh, what is it? Kumahina is my favorite ship in SDR. Mm-hmm. But I, I find it really interesting that you, because you had brought it up, that uh, Nagito won't talk to you if right. you don't interact with him within the first free time event. Yeah, if you don't talk to him in the first chapter, he's not going to talk to you. Like, he's not going to... Because you don't um, go around and introduce yourself to Nagito, because he's, like, your guy showing you around. So, like, literally, the first the first chapter, if you don't talk to him, you can't talk to him anymore. Because I'm I, how I played uh, Super Danganronpa 2, because I already knew how it was going to end, because I watched someone play it prior to buying the game myself, I decided to go by who died and who died and who killed in the chapters to go by that. So I'd be like, I know mm-hmm. this character, so I kind of can be like, ooh, I feel bad, and also, ooh, I can kind of get you. But then I got to the fifth chapter, and I, I mean, I had, I think I, um, I had tried to go talk to Nagito after I talked to Jackie, and he just wouldn't. He was, I mean, I think also in the fifth chapter, he was also doing his whole, um, bomb thing, so that didn't yeah. help. But then I looked online, like, oh, I can't talk to him anyway after the first chapter. You which mean, like, is interesting. Because, like, Nagito is the first person you interact with. Yeah. Like, starting the game, like, that is, like, the first, the first character. The first person you know the name of, because, you know, you, in the beginning part, you come into the classroom and everyone, you don't know who anyone is, you don't know their names, you can just see them, and they're just all question marks, and then the first person you get the name of, besides uh, Usami, is uh, Nagito, I think. Yeah, because, like, when you wake up in, um, hey. like, on the island, whatever, that, the first person is Nagito, so you think that Nagito would kind of be... Like Chill? your Joe bro. <laughs> yeah, he's cut, he would be your uh the Kyoko to your Makoto or your Togami to your yeah, the Kyoko to your to Makoto, but no. I, or I guess in the first chapter it's Sayaka to your Makoto. But no. no. Yeah, like you would think that he would like this is the first person you have met and has shown you some semblance of kindness because you're playing Tagoro, but you're no you're gonna know that this is gonna turn to a killing game. Yeah. So you would think that this is the person that would eventually, like, oh, this is the person I'm going to trust. This person you're going to be with at the very end, walking out of here. Uh, and you guys are going to be friends that. throughout the whole thing. No. <laughs> no, I mean, no. After the first trail, mm-mm, mm-mm. Nagito just makes your life increasingly worse as the chapters go on. He's why the first murder happens, because he's all, like... You should. He's like to Teru Teru. He's um because he catches Teru Teru in the act of setting up the first murder. Or he like manipulates Teru Teru. I don't quite remember. I think which he manipulates Teru Teru to set up the first murder. Um, and so um and he's like you can kill me. Oh yeah yeah. He's like Teru Teru. You can kill me and then it'll start off the killing game proper and all their hope. He'll be a stepping stone for hope. I think that's the first time we hear him say that. In the first chapter, he's like, I'll be a stepping stone for hope. And he isn't, because uh, fake Togami dies. Instead, because he fake Togami's all like, I need to prevent the killing game from happening. And the person who needs to prevent the killing game from happening is the first victim. Which is very ironic. And I like that. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um the leader is dead. What are you gonna do? Yeah, and then, like, you immediately, like, they're like, oh, we're gonna 
throw Nagito in the shed. <laughs> right, they, they throw Nagito in the, um, the, uh, abandoned, uh, building where they had the, uh, the party. The party. Because that, yeah. that thing's not done. I think it's done at that point, but still, it's not great. Yeah, they throw him in the shed, and then you try to talk to him, he's like, feed me Hajime, I'm like, you're so it's, weird. He's, like, laying down on the floor, curled up, because Mahiru dumped the job on you. Yeah, I'm like, great, I have to talk to this weirdo. Thanks, Thanks photo gal. And, like, Nagito just gets, like, progressively weirder as the times go on, and I think my, one of my favorite instances of Hajime just being an absolute idiot is mm-hmm. when Mikan clearly tells him that the, the despair disease yeah. is making Nagito lie. And then <laughs> Hajime gets mad when Nagito says, I hate you. I'm like, yeah. he's saying the exact opposite. You're such an idiot. And then, like, I get, there's, when, if you do free time events, he's like, I'm in love with your hope. Which, cool. Like, he says that, like, during, like, the. Like, when he gets the despair disease, or... No, 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 in his free time oh. events. He's so weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, I'm in love with the hope you have, or something along those lines, but every Komahina shipper just latches onto that quote, and I don't blame them, because he does say, I- I- I'm in love with... Yeah, which... To, to, to say you're in love with the hope is basically, like, I'm in love with you, which that, I'm it, going to take yeah. that, too, because... <laughs> As a Komahina shipper, yes. Um, yeah. But, like, I'm, I said I'm not going to try to get too shippy with it. Mm-hmm. So, That's like, just you would inherently th- a part of the, sh- the, the, the game. Like, you yeah. can't avoid that. I, I can't avoid Nagito's weird crush on Hajime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, the weird homoerotic scenes that they put in between the two. And then they don't make them canon, whatever. Whatever. Um, <laughs> So, you are fighting against Nagito when you're already fighting against, like, whoever is, like, the killer or the mastermind or whatever. Yeah. For that trial. And you want to trust Nagito because he tells a lot of half-truths. I I think he's... I I like to compare him to, um, Kokichi. Oh, yeah. Both of them tell a lot of half-truths. Like... Togami just won't tell you anything, and Sugami he makes you—he makes, makes you work for it. Togami <laughs> said, "Work." He is not. He he's said, like, I know "Tell him, Maegi." Yeah, he's like, "I already know what's happening. Got to figure out, figure it out yourself, peasants." Yeah, he won't like. Togami won't tell you anything, but nope. these two will tell you a lot of half truths. You have to still kind of work for it, but you have to sort out like how much of what they're saying is actually truthful and how much is kind of, like, yeah. um, hyperbolic. I think Kukichi is a little bit more hyperbolic than um, Nagito is. Because, you know, uh, the whole, I have uh, thousands of people in my evil organization, which really, like, ten people and we're a bunch of clown pranksters. Yeah, like, oh, Nagito... We did spoil V3. Oops. Oops, whatever. Um... <laughs> But I feel like Nagito will lie a little bit more. And then he's like, I was just kidding. Yeah. Some, like, weird thing like that. So you have this weird relationship with Nagito where he does 
help you in a lot of instances, but you also have to, like, pry it from his throat on what he actually means. Yeah. And then I think it's really interesting when um you actually do get to play as Nagito for a little bit. Right. Like, and you hear... Well, you get to see what he kind of thinks. Yeah, the final dead room bit of chapter four where you were a little you know he's just like i'm gonna play russian roulette and i'm gonna do it the hardest way possible by putting uh, actually five bullets in and not one to make it harder yeah. for me because he trusts his he trusts his luck so much he, and that's like i guess that's Nagito trusts his luck so much to have a good outcome in the end because he has a unnat- very unnatural luck and then hajime is very logic yeah like, logic like- based they're they're very kind of two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Love that uh, that t- kind of dynamic. It's always am- great. Like I I think they have one of the funnest. That's why I really like uh, two, because the dynamic. Like when Nagito isn't talking about hope for two seconds, or like isn't being like a brat and won't talk to you. Because sometimes he just decides I'm going to be upset and I'm not going to talk to anyone during an actual trial. When him and Hajime are kind of working together, it makes for a really interesting dynamic, which I enjoy. I mean, it's uh, it's been a hot minute since I played 2. Me too. Um, I, I want to, again, I should, before, I mean, before I lose access to my desktop, because it's easier to play it on my on my desktop than my computer than my laptop so yeah because mouse um I, <laughs> yeah it's, they, they make for a fun dynamic which i really enjoy and then it you do see hajime have like this complete remorse when nagito dies mm-hmm. like this is not something that he is kind of blase about which I, I don't think Hajime is necessarily blase about any of the deaths, no. but I felt like Nagito held a, held a little bit more weight. Yeah, because like the entire time it's like, what like the entire of its chapter, it's literally Nagito being the villain quotation marks and setting up the bomb when I think it's really just a bunch of fireworks. There was no yeah, bomb. It's it just a bunch of fireworks, and so they're just like, wow, H- Nagito decided to mess with us all, and like they go to find him, and suddenly you open the door and the curtain comes down. And it's like dead like in the most gruesome way we've seen someone die in i believe um in at least the first few games because some of the deaths in three are oh yeah specifically i'm thinking like specifically second chapter oh my god poor ryoma poor ryoma oh yeah ryoma yeah that was oh my god uh that i wasn't a fan of that um just like solving the mystery, it felt like a little bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. Like it was a lot to that one thing, but um. Besides the point, like there was like genuine remorse. Like even though you are kind of fighting against Nagito, a lot of the game, he does necessarily like. We we had talked about this in our past Danganronpa episode, of talking about how Nagito does some of like what he tries to do what he thinks is best but just in the really wrong way yeah like wasn't the whole what was the purpose of him like setting up like the bomb 
the bomb I felt like he was, like, was to figure out, was to lure out the traitor, which is Chiaki. And, yes. you know, and he, and it's just like, hey, you have to put your uh, handbook, you have to scan your handbook on this. And Chiaki immediately scans her handbook. Mm-hmm. So she, they find out, she's like, okay, I gotta do this because I can't let this island explode. Like, she has no idea what's going on. She's just an observer character, AI in the game, in the uh, program. She doesn't know what Akito's doing. So she just scans her her um, handbook and she's like okay who's next because like yeah. obviously she's like let's try everyone's handbooks if there's no if she's like her attitude is like um if there's no traitor because there really is no traitor um and let's just scan everyone's handbooks and then obviously i think before they get the chance to do that it the fireworks goes off so that was his uh yeah, that like, was his so- idea yeah, like, cause like, like we we had like we had said before, it's like he does, mm-hmm. he does what he thinks is best in his own weird way, that is potentially harmful and dangerous, but mm-hmm. Kokichi kind of did that in the same way, in V three, which I'm gonna spell V three really quick when he um yeah, when not? he assumes the the role of um mastermind to try to yes. draw out the real one. Yes. Like same they, energy. Same yeah, like energy. they. <laughs> they they have very similar energies and method methodologies that th- Togami necessarily doesn't do. When you think you know you know what they just did? They just took tropes they used in two and used it in V three because it's a reality show. So obviously oh. they're gonna it's a scripted show. So obviously they're just gonna reuse tropes. It's, it's the fifty third season. The fifty third season. They've run out of ideas. They're just gonna reuse Nagito's whole thing from the sec- the second season season uh quotation marks found season because th- it's dumb i think that's dumb because that just decanonizes everything <laughs> i ugh. and apparently like the creator of the game is like we're making a fourth game i'm like how yeah i don't know how i, I know they have that uh they showed off this um they showed this off i think at uh e3 but they showed off at the the last um a nintendo direct that they it's the same studio kodaka it's it's a killing game that gets interrupted, and then your little cast of little children go out into the world and explore. So no one dies. I did see that, I think. I remember people were very upset about that when it first got announced. They are like, you're going to make the children, the little children, kill each other? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. They're fine. They're fine. It gets interrupted. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I saw something about that or something I, I don't remember what it's similar. called. Off the top of my head. And I'm not going to go look. Was it like Danganronpa or was it like called something else? It's called something else. It's not a Danganronpa game. Okay, yeah, I think I did see something. Spelling off the idea of a killing game. (laughs) Yeah, I think I did see, like, I think I saw that on like TikTok or something. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I mean, we, we talked a lot about, um, like, the rivals. So if you would be Mm -hmm. interested in listening to that, listening to the rival characters in Danganronpa, um, that's up. On Spotify and Google Podcasts at Fanfare. F A N. I don't. How do we spell her name? I'm like Here so tired. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so our name is spelled F A N D O M F A R F A R E, which is also the same way we spell our Twitter handle. And our Instagram handle is you just take an underscore and you put it between the M and the F because we couldn't get fandom fair, just normal fandom fair. One day we will. I'm sure one day we'll we'll go looking. It's like, oh, it's free. We'll take it, and that'll yeah. be the day we celebrate. <laughs> Instead of having this 
stupid. <laughs> this underscore. Yeah, I am just. I am very tired. Yeah. So yeah, I was I like, how it. do how do I spell things again? How do you spell the name of our show? I got did, you. I'm not did we that do tired. Anything else in Dong- well, I do. I've I've had this. This Dongrump episode in the works for a while, mm-hmm. but I need my two other friends to come on. Ah, yes, yes. We yes, can definitely the- do that when we are all on a campus. That'll be best yeah. to do it then. It's it's just very hard for us to do it on campus, and I don't want to do it over, like, have, like, four different audios over Discord, and... Yeah, my- that less, less stuff for me to edit. <laughs> yeah, less stuff for you to edit, like, my other two Ed- friends' houses God, are yeah. get fairly loud, so yeah, just editing. easier. Yeah, editing the Pride episode was hell. Was was um annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. So, like, I try to <laughs> minimize your pain Thank as much you. as possible when it comes to multiple audios. Mm-hmm. And obviously, since we're on campus, I cannot let people into my dorm room because of coronavirus. Yeah. Or like, technically, if I really wanted to, we could go to like a study room or something. Yeah. It could be a possibility in the near future, in the future. if we well, run out we'll of ideas. We'll but see. I, I think we're going to stick to some of the case study episodes because we only have an hour. They're nice to do. They're... And once we get back on the radio, we can go into more detail. Well, three whole hours. Yeah. Um, once, once we uh, have more time allotted to us in the schedule, that is. Yes. Because... Uh, Case studies are fun. I have I have a few more planned. Um, Yay! I think Jodoro. As much as I do not like Jodoro Kujo, I do yeah. have uh, one plan because there's a bunch of stuff mental health wise we could talk about him. He is sadly kind of interesting. He is sadly kind of interesting when you actually <laughs> go a little bit deeper than what a rock mm-hmm. he tells you to look at. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I have one for Dio. I have like Shigaraki. Yeah. I think I had one for Nagito, but then I took it off because we did the Rivals episode. The Rivals episode. So I think we can end it off here. Yeah. All right. So um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening to Fandom Fair with Sam and Midge. Uh, brush your teeth. Clean your sheets. Drink some water and take a shower because you're a little smelly. Or a little. Uh, little. Um, so practice self-care and we love you and have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Bye-bye.